Hello and welcome to The Human Source, an Iris Interviews podcast. I'm Ant, the communication business partner here at Iris, and today I'm joined by the award-winning speaker and author, Leggy Webb. Hi Leggy, how are you today? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm very good, thank you. So, before we get started, Leggy, could you please tell us a little bit about yourself and your experience? So, my name's Leggy Webb and I work as an international consultant all over the world with lots of different organisations, essentially helping to equip people with the necessary life skills so that they can be resilient, happy, healthy, and ultimately they can be fit for the future and armed with all the different skills and abilities they need to be able to navigate some of the challenges and, of course, inevitable changes that we're all going to experience. Thanks so much, Leggy. That's great. So in today's episode, we're going to be touching on well-being and we're going to explore how fresh thinking can help your business and your people. But before we get started, I'd like to set the context a little bit. So recent studies have found that 60% of people have a poor work-life balance and one in six people are struggling with mental health. Gosh, Liggy, what do you make of the current working climate? Why do you think we're seeing such issues? Yeah, I think there are a lot of challenges out there for people. Huge amount of uncertainty, a lot of volatility, lots of complexity. And of course, we have to work with ambiguity as well, which can uh, be very, very challenging. And of course, we're quite overwhelmed. There is a term known as information anxiety, where we just feel sort of like bombarded. And I think when you made that point about work-life balance, you know, I tend to call it generally life balance um, because we are kind of having been presented with, with some challenges in terms of hybrid working for a start. I mean, you know, many people are now working from home some of the time or maybe all of the time. So being able to, to juggle our work life and our home, I think, can present us with, you know, a bit of a, a kind of conundrum at times, can't it? Yeah, everything's changed so much. And I think the rate technology is changing. I mean, the introduction of AI, it's it's crazy. I think only 11% of UK workers believe they have advanced digital skills. So it's, it's no surprise people are worried. And like you said, information overload, there's a lot to take in. So what do you think businesses can do to address this fear? Well, I certainly know from the organisations that I work with, that when organisations put human beings at the heart of the organisation and prioritise well-being, you know, really ensure that they're supporting people so that they can be healthy, happy and resilient, then that has a big impact on the bottom line for sure. Um, But I think there's there's lots of things that organisations can do. And our focus really has to be on the line manager as well. I think the relationship between the line manager and the team member is absolutely critical. I know prior to our recording, we spoke about fresh thinking and the role of outplay going forward. What does fresh thinking mean to you? Well, to me, fresh thinking is not getting stuck because as human beings and as we are creatures of habit, sometimes we can get a bit rigid and a bit stuck and a bit fixed in our thinking. And in a world where things are changing so rapidly, we need to be able to learn, we need to unlearn and we need to to relearn. So having a growth mindset mentality, a willingness to to want to be lifelong learners, to be perpetual students is something that's, that's going to really help people yeah and that growth mindset and lifelong learning things really important what do you think businesses can do to support their people to make sure they have that opportunity 
I think having that understanding that lifelong learning is is really important so everybody buys into that I think having a curious mindset you know the power of curiosity is something that really is quite incredible in many ways curiosity is the engine of, of innovation because when we become curious when we become interested in what's going around um, and, and we open our minds to to all of the possibilities we ask questions mm. certainly being a critical thinker is very good because obviously we're going to be presented with all sorts of information so having the ability to, to think critically as well but certainly curiosity that would be absolutely at the top of my list in terms of uh, lifelong learning yeah absolutely and I think with curiosity it, it kind of drives you to keep thinking but I guess as you're more curious and you look for more things there, there is that fear of change and the more you learn the more you take you're taken out of your comfort zone how how can we ensure both people and managers and business leaders are embracing change and not worried about the uncertainties yeah, I think your point about fear, you know, we do fear the unknown. Um, we start to speculate, we uh, we start to ask all the questions, perhaps we start to, to awfulize and catastrophize about all these things that could potentially happen. But I also think that when we're dealing with uncertainty, when we adopt that curious mindset, we become less judgmental mental we become more interested and potentially become more excited about the unknown and it is a case of, of stretching our comfort zone it isn't always necessarily coming out of it I think if we think about it as stretching that comfort zone about you know helping ourselves to be able to to grow to be able to explore our potential if we get quite excited about that and we get encouraged to do that within organizations uh, I think that can be really helpful so certainly encourage employees to ask questions to to be creative to experiment to to innovate I think that's something that can be really helpful yeah I think that encouragement aspects are really big bit you need to let people know that it is a safe space what practical advice would you give to businesses for creating that safe space how can they let people know it's okay to try something new well, first of all, I think we need courageous leaders, because I think when you have courageous leaders who really are role models and they set that example and they demonstrate that they have that curiosity and that growth mindset and that willingness to learn, then that really has a, a very good ripple effect you know within the teams as well so certainly leaders role modeling I think that's very important but also we need to create that psychologically safe space for people to to be courageous themselves you know if we feel that we have permission to be able to experiment if we have permission actually to make mistakes to to get things wrong and that's absolutely okay because in a way that's where the real magic happens you know we learn so much when we don't get things right you know so actually being able to, to make a few mistakes, to be able to fail fast. So I think, you know, certainly courage is something that, that's really key. And trust. You know, I see examples of where you get leaders who, you know, potentially are quite fearful. Maybe they're quite stressed. And what they end up doing is micromanaging. And of course, when you micromanage, it doesn't communicate, you know, I'm stressed or I'm a bit afraid myself. It actually communicates I don't trust you. And that can be very demotivating for people, I believe. For a manager who is feeling a bit stressed and they're kind of falling into that micromanaging habit, what advice would you give them to break out of it? Is it simply a case of just letting people spread their wings? 
Yeah. Well, I see a lot of leaders who are very stressed right now. And I think their default tends to be to micromanage. So I would certainly advise that the first port of call is to really look at our stress levels as leaders and to be able to manage those so that we can role model to our team um, what we do for our own well-being. And that's why well-being very much needs to be at the heart of the organisation, because I think when everybody can manage their stress levels better, then it creates a much more relaxed environment as well. And we do very well, actually, when we're not stressed and when we're quite calm and, and relaxed. There's a lot of good things that happen in that space. Yeah, so championing that well-being aspect and letting people know stress is going to come, but there are ways to overcome it. There's things people can do, it's making that quite clear. Yeah. And, you know, stress is not the enemy. We're all going to get stressed and stress can be quite useful in some situations. You know, it's there to sort of help protect us as, as well. So, yeah, of course, people will will get stressed. But there's, there's a line, isn't there, that we cross with stress when it starts to push us to that point mm. of burnout. And I noticed that, you know, when people are in that space and when they aren't feeling well and they're feeling tired, you know, great fatigue, feeling quite stressed and irritable, then that's where a lot of communication breakdowns happen, where unnecessary mistakes happen. People don't learn um, and go forward from those experiences. So I think we have to be very, very mindful of the amount of stress that's allowed in the working environment. What can people do if, if employees are feeling very stressed and the workloads are getting too much? Managers can champion well-being, but then in these kind of environments, how can we still bring it back to fresh thinking and get people excited when they've got workloads as long as they are? Yeah, it's about pace, really, isn't it? You know, and bal- pace and balance. These are two words that I seem to be using a lot these days because we do have a lot on our plates. But when we're well organised in terms of, of how we we manage our lives, I think that that can be very helpful. So you know, there's there's a whole collection of life skills that is are, are going to help people. Think good time management skills is really good. Um, you know, the way that we pace ourselves, making sure that we create time to, to stop and to rest and replenish. I've noticed that so many people now, you know, are on the go. They finish one task and they're straight on to the next one. And they don't, if you like, provide themselves with opportunities to be able to stop and replenish. There is a great quote by the Roman poet Ovid that says, take a rest, a field that's rested gives a bountiful crop. And I think that is magic. I really do. Because, you know, when when we keep going, when we keep pushing ourselves, we're not necessarily going to become more effective and, and more productive. Um, chances are we are going to, to push ourselves to burn out. And, we, and we're going to make, again, unnecessary mistakes as well and probably get into um, unfortunate conflict situations with, with other people. I mean, conflict isn't a bad thing. But when it becomes combat, then, yeah, it's it's not helpful at all. So I think learning to pace ourselves and also recognise and appreciate and respect the fact that we're human beings and um, we have our, our weaknesses, we have our vulnerabilities. And just being mindful of that is really important. We're not superhuman. So as a manager, what could I do to ensure my people are taking enough time away? I think... I saw something recently that you can only be productive for so many hours. You you hit kind of a stopping point where once you carry on working, your quality of work and your productivity goes down. So you may be putting in extra hours, but really you're not delivering as much as you could if you simply took a break. But I've got a busy team full of busy people. 
what can I do to make sure they're taking that rest? Well, I think there's two things. One, role modelling. I, I, that is so important. You know, when leaders demonstrate that they're walking the talk around well-being and self-care, then that's absolutely key. Um, but opening up the conversation, I think more that leaders understand what's going on for each member of their team, particularly, you know, if you've got some people who are actually working in the work environment, but some people who are working at home in the hybrid space, then making sure that you're checking in, you're opening up the conversation, you know, asking people how they are, asking them, you know, whether they're taking time for, for breaks and how how things are with their stress levels. So empathy is most certainly a core skill for all the great leaders and managers that I've ever engaged with, you know, that ability to want to understand what's going on for other people and communicating in an empathetic way, because that helps to create that psychological safety, you know, really listening to each member of their team and uh, and wanting to sort of support them in the best way that they can. Mm. And do you believe this approach has changed since many people have moved to hybrid working? I can imagine being back in the office, it was a lot easier to see if someone was stressed or burning out or had simply too much on or weren't taking appropriate breaks. But with us all now separated, it's a different ballgame. Yeah, and you know, for some people, they don't really know how to look after themselves ultimately in that hybrid space. I think for some people, they can get themselves into quite bad habits. And when we're in a work environment, you know, we're constantly talking and communicating, but we can feel quite isolated, mm. I think, in that working environment. Yeah, and I suppose that isolation it can almost hinder this kind of fresh thinking approach. How can you innovate with your team if you're not seeing them in person? And this is where collaboration is so important. I was working on a project yesterday and uh, we were collaborating together, a few of us, and I just felt so invigorated afterwards, you know, loads of ideas bouncing around. However, when I find myself working on a project on my own, I can sometimes feel quite sluggish. You know, I get these kind of energy dips. So, you know, when we're, we're communicating with, with other people and when we're having that really good collaboration, I think that's really important. And that's where organisations really need to look at ways to be able to bring people together you know perhaps we need to be a bit more creative around how we do that and there are lots of great tools out there to really bring people together so that they can be creative and better innovators yeah so it, it's all about empowering them with the right tools and the right i guess methods is there any training that's needed do you think do we need to re-educate people on how to collaborate in a remote world yeah, it's different, isn't it, collaborating in, in the hybrid space. So perhaps that's an area that organisations need to check in and think, well, what are we doing to be able to to support our people? It's that constant checking in uh, to see what's going on and, you know, how people are feeling and listen to different people's ideas. And I think sometimes leaders feel that they've got to have all the answers. But when you actually check in with your team and explore the kind of things that they're doing and the kind of things that they want to be doing I think that's something else that's really important you know asking people what what do you want you know what's going to work for you rather than feeling like you've got to tell people so that can be very helpful as well it's all about talking just starting that conversation 
the power of conversation is incredible and, and you know if you have conversations where they're quite free-flowing you know you don't go in with a set agenda of what you necessarily want to talk about but you just open up a conversation it's amazing where it can take you and in many ways those open conversations you know the pathways that lead to, to wonderful innovation and fresh thinking yeah and that's what creates enthusiasm it's getting people together and getting them excited i know at iris we typically have things like daily stand-ups or weekly planning meetings to bring everybody together and get that collaboration, get that enthusiasm flowing, even if we are working remotely. Yeah, and it's interesting and you use the word enthusiasm because enthusiasm is something that energizes us. And I talk to some people and they say, oh, I just feel really kind of flat. And there is a term in psychology known as languishing. And languishing is where we're kind of, you know, we, we functioning but we're going through the motions and we just don't feel particularly inspired or enthused we're just flatlining in many ways so bringing in injecting that enthusiasm in any way that we can can be very energizing and let's face it when we get a bit energized and excited that's when the ideas start flowing and all of that fresh thinking and all that creativity and that's where some really good things can happen and we're living in an ideas economy a lot of organizations need to turn ideas into innovation faster than the competition so having that kind of you know excited and energized workforce is going to be really helpful yeah absolutely i mean not the best ideas come from excitement yeah excitement and then getting into that space where you know we can step back and we look at things a little bit more critically and uh, yeah I have this critical path that I've created which is all about turning ideas into innovation and it starts off with curiosity as I said before you know that's the engine really um, and then it looks at creativity so all the different things that, that we can do and perhaps some of the different methods that we can use to create new ideas and then we need to apply critical thinking so we need to be able to analyze and, and work out you know what kind of things can work and and really kind of sense check and do a bit of a, a risk assessment on that and then collaboration because collaboration is what's going to bring it together there are a lot of people that believe that they're they're not creative or they're not innovators but the fact is we don't need to be doing it alone anyway you know when we work with other people when we bounce ideas and when we work together that can be so powerful because you know let's face it success tastes a lot sweeter when you share it that union and that collaboration and and being able to create if you like that network that's something that as human beings we really need as well i think everybody's got something to bring to the table and as a manager as a business leader it's our jobs to help them unlock that and help them get their true potential Yes, absolutely. And as you say, you know, everybody has something they can bring to the table. And when we help people to unleash, if you like, their own potential and, and their own ideas, that helps to build confidence and that helps people to feel respected and, and valued. And it gives them a sense of purpose. When you know that you are actually making a contribution, that really does give you that sense of well-being and purpose, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. If I saw something really where especially the younger generation is a salary isn't the main driver they want to have a connection to the workplace they want to have their ideals meet and be aligned to the company they work for and i think including people in that larger vision and making them feel involved goes a long way in securing that 
Yeah, definitely. I think the days of where it was all about the material reward, um, we need to be very aware there is so much more than that. And sense of purpose within your organisation, you know, what value do you add? That's a question that is, is really important. There's a great model, actually, and it comes from a Japanese philosophy and, and, and this wonderful model that probably lots of people listening in may have come across, but it's called Ikigai. And Ikigai is two words in Japanese. It means reason and being. So Iki is reason and Gai is being, and it's our reason for being. And there's four questions you can ask yourself. The first question is, can I get paid for what I do? So there you go, material reward. Am I good at what I do? Am I competent? Do I have the skills? And do I love what I do? Because that's the real drive, isn't it? The, the passion gets you out of bed in the morning and excited about the work you do. But the final question, I think this is a really powerful one. Does the world need what I do? So when you know that whatever you do in your work environment, you're contributing to the greater good of other people, then that helps to give us that sense of purpose. But I love Ikigai. I came across it a few years ago and something that I believe is a very powerful model to, to explore. Yeah, absolutely. How could businesses make their employees feel like they're part of a larger purpose outside of the collaboration? Once people get involved, what's the next step? It's that involvement, isn't it? Getting people involved right from the beginning. I see too many examples where people aren't involved early enough. So a little bit further down the line, they become involved and they don't always understand why we're we doing this or where did this come from? So I think at that conception stage to involve people, so they're part of the whole journey. I think that's something that's really important. The other thing I've noticed, and I think this is really key, is being able to check in as well when we've completed projects, when we've completed anything that we're involved in, to actually check in and take some time to celebrate the success. Because so often what happens is we finish a project, finish something we're doing, and we're on to the next thing. We don't always take the time to stop and relish, if you like, the, the joy of the success. So certainly that's something I believe that needs to be factored in. Plenty of celebration and plenty of recognition. It's amazing how many people don't always get thanked for what they do. And yet a few simple words, you never know what impact that might have on someone's life and how they feel and their motivation. Yeah, we often get caught in the tornado of the working world where you finish one project and it's straight into the next and you rarely have that opportunity to just take a step back and think about what you did and, like you said, celebrate it. I remember a manager I had many years ago, very early on in my career, and he was brilliant because every time we did anything, at the end, he would always factor in a review and he would always give feedback. So it wasn't just a case of, oh, thank you, well done. It was a case of sitting down saying, thank you, well done. This is the reason why. And also, you know, other things that we can improve on. But he always factored in that conversation. And going back to what you said earlier, you know, the power of conversation between the line manager and each team member, that's something that can really help so much. Yeah, it really takes us almost full circle to the start of the podcast, creating an environment where we celebrate successes, but it's okay to fail as long as we learn from it. As we look to round off, what closing piece of advice would you give for business leaders to take away from this? 
leaders these days need to be courageous. They need to stretch their own comfort zone. They need to be empathetic. That's a word I use a lot these days, having empathy with your team, taking the time to be able to listen. So two words I'd use there is courage and empathy and a bit of humility in the mix. That helps as well. Um, Being real. You know, we want human beings to feel that they can be authentic. They can be the real deal. They can be themselves. And in order to be able to do that, we do need to be able to create an environment where people are trusted and people feel that it is okay to make mistakes. So yeah, that's really going to be helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Leggy, thank you so much. This has been so insightful. Thanks so much, Anne. Don't forget, we also have a variety of other podcasts on our channel. So if you found this useful, do be sure to check them out and follow us on other usual social media channels. 